All right, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe where we serve you delightful, slightly intense, but definitely worthwhile conversations. A podcast focused on bringing people together by drinking, listening, and conversing. So grab your favorite drink and let's see what's on today's menu. All right, people, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe. You are on episode 56. Episode 56 is on one. You know, here at the cafe, the bar, we always have a conversation centered around a drink. And today I'm drinking on some water. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Gotta do that. And I am going to make me a little drinky drink here. So it's going to be a little quick little something, something with a little hot twang to it. Let's see how this is. See what it does here. Let me see. Let me give it a little taste here. Salute. Bam. Ooh, that's pretty good and strong. All right now. All right. So I am currently recording this on the last day of November. Can you believe we are almost out of the year 2021? And what a shitty (laughs) year it has been. We'll talk a little bit about that, but so let's just talk a little bit. I've been gone for a while. So where have I been? Man, I've been really trying to like muster up the strength to do a regular episode every week. And it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge for various reasons. Personal, just been tired, but quite frankly, been working. And so been spending time trying to take care of me, um, doing some little wusa moments, some little exercising, trying to read and things of that nature. And just trying to rest because I have a very hard time sleeping, difficult to sleep. Sometimes I'll go sleep at 1231 and wake up at like 435 and be up the rest of the day. So I'm not getting any younger. Might look good. Yeah, Look at this. No, sorry. But seriously, getting, you know, just trying to take care of myself. So I wanted to try something a little different. I don't know how I feel about this. It's actually pretty nasty. This is supposed to be a candy tip hookah piece, but... Honestly, I don't like it. It's too sweet. And I don't even like sweet stuff. So I don't know why I try to do that. I'm just going to go back to the state tried and true. The regular. There we go. Yeah. Didn't really care for that. All right. So let's talk a little bit about some things. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving. So hopefully you all had a great Thanksgiving with family, friends, whatever. Now, I know I've heard from some folks that technically... (laughs) If you have Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving with friends, you can't necessarily call it a Friendsgiving. But anyhow, I had a great Thanksgiving. I had one of my friends come over. Jose, you've seen him on the podcast or heard him on the podcast. We were supposed to cook together jointly. Um, (laughs) But that turned out to me actually cooking. So we're both pescatarians. So we made some salmon. I did some tofurkey. And then I did... That over-the-rainbow macaroni and cheese by Patty LaBelle that I love to do on Thanksgiving from her cookbook, the first cookbook. Oh, my God. It's so delicious. I mean, I used to make it, and my son would take it and take pieces and sell them at his school. But I didn't know that he was doing that. He was telling me that his friends wanted some, and little did I know he was actually trying to make a profit off of my hard cooking, but didn't give me a dime. So... I wonder if the statute of limitations is still available. Well, I can sue him for a breach of contract and apply breach of contract mainly because he had unjust enrichment, right? He used my labor 
to make something under the false pretense so that he can make money. I might have a claim there, so I'm, I might have to think about that a little bit. But anyhow, we had that. And then what else did I make? Oh, we made mashed potatoes. We didn't do any greens, even though I was going to make some spinach, but I didn't do spinach. But it was a great time. We drank, had some good music, played some games and just chilled out. It was simple, something slight, but it was fun. And it was actually... One of the best Thanksgiving I had, quote unquote, slash Friendsgiving, even though I was told I technically can't use Friendsgiving because it's on Thanksgiving. But anyhow, hopefully you all enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I truly enjoyed mine. All right. So next thing is COVID. All right. So COVID then really fucked me over twice. Okay. In 2020 and then in 2021, I know some of you should have known that in April of 2020, I was supposed to be going to Dubai for my birthday, had the whole trip paid for and all of that. And the week before I was scheduled to leave in April to go to Dubai, I was told, yeah, bro, nah, you're not going COVID. Bam, we're shutting down everything. So the airline canceled that flight, right? And so then instead of me just getting my money back because I'm like, bro, I'm going, I don't care how I get there, but I'm going. So I kept my, my voucher open. And so this year, actually on Saturday, December the 6th, I did a trip for Morocco. So I was going to be there for about 14 days. It was going to be an exciting time to go to Morocco. We had planned to do about six or seven cities. We planned to do the camel ride at night into the desert. We plan to go to this luxury camp in the desert. We were going to go flying to Casablanca and then go to Marrakesh or Marrakesh. I think it's Marrakesh. And then from there, go to several different cities. But one of the good things about this particular trip is that I had a 15 hour delay or 15 hour layover in Dubai. So this was an opportunity for me to go out and see Dubai for a little bit, 15 hours on both ways. So 15 hours there, I'll be there and then coming back. 15 hours well so on sunday <laughs> i received an email that basically says bruh yeah you thought you was going nah you're not going <laughs> we're going to cancel this trip once again and why are we canceling this trip because of motherfucking covid right i didn't did my shots i didn't got vaccinated i done went and did the booster right i didn't walked up to walmart and said look i need my booster. i work in all kind of environments i need a booster did all that had my COVID test schedule so that I can go to Dubai and then go to Morocco. And then people just started closing their borders. And why did they close their borders? Because some of the South African countries indicated that there was a Omicron mutation of COVID, right? Now, I don't know if I should be angry at the fact that South Africa indicated that this was going on. Or should I be angry at the fact that maybe this was just premature for people to close their borders? Or should I look at it as a blessing in disguise? So I don't know how I feel. I know I'm pissed, right? I'm a little annoyed by the fact that I'm not going to be able to go yet again to another trip that I had planned and was super, super duper excited to actually go and look at and experience Morocco you know, to be able to just be on a camera, be in a desert, just to see another part of Africa that I haven't seen. I've been to West Africa and Senegal and Gambia, the Gambia, but I haven't been to Northern Africa, which is where Morocco is located. So 
you know, I, I don't know. I, I know some of the South African countries were basically saying, look, bruh, the West, y'all hogged all the fucking vaccinations or the vaccines. If y'all would have given these vaccines, maybe we wouldn't be in this predicament. And now we feel like we've been punished for letting you know so that you can plan accordingly. So, you know, because it's a, uh, uh, South Africa, you know, it's predominantly black folks there. I don't know. I, I guess I'm going to give them a pass. I do wish that, you know, we would try to get as many vaccines available to countries that need them and want them so that individuals who are often impoverished and don't have the necessities or the wherewithal to go and get it. I wish they would actually go and get it. But yeah, but here again, COVID then fuck me over, right? So, you know, Omicron. Now, because I'm a member of Omicron Iota, right, which is my chapter for Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated in 1914, I'm going to go ahead and chalk it up as, you know, a blessing in disguise. <laughs> that I'm not going to Morocco on December the 6th. So I hope in 2022 we can try this shit again and I will actually be able to go to an international trip and enjoy myself either for my birthday or the summertime but i'm hoping this time around i'm planning to do a great excursion in morocco in april 2022 as long as the good lord allows me to see another day so y'all pray for me all right so some exciting news we know that uh, well before we move to some exciting news we know that there were two major trials going on at the same around the same time right we had the Kyle Rittenhouse fiasco where he was he was found not guilty um, by reason of self-defense then he went on his little Fox News circuit to talking about he's not a racist he liked the BLM movement but yet he's only going to the conservative networks but whatever bruh more power to you we'll we'll see what happens there are a lot of pundits out there that's indicating yeah he should sue for defamation I'm like sue for defamation for what because people had some facts incorrect about the fact that he crossed the border with a gun. Yes, he didn't cross the border with a gun. He had a gun, which he was not legally authorized to have. He could not legally register himself. He had it in the state in which he actually used it to kill two individuals and severely harm another. Right. But that's neither here nor there. I'm, I'm uncertain if that's going to be something that's worth the de uh, defamatory claim. But you never know what happens. We'll see if any of the family members of the victims will seek to try to do a civil suit. Who knows? Maybe they just want wanted closure and they didn't get closure. And maybe they just want their loved ones who are no longer here to rest in peace. And the individual who was severely wounded by Kyle Rittenhouse, maybe he just wants it behind him as well. I sat and, and looked at the trial and, you know, there are a lot of people who like to play Monday morning coach about what the prosecution should have did and this, that, and the third. There are a lot of concerns about some of the rulings that the judge made and just his, his demeanor or at least his approach as it relates to the prosecution. Now, I don't know if he had any angst against the prosecution or not, or whether or not that's just his demeanor. There are a lot of judges that I have gone before who are just curmudgeons. They're angry, they're upset about life, right? They're overworked and some of them have God complexes because that's their courtroom and you're in their domain. I said that before. And so there are just certain things and certain behavior traits from certain judges that you just deal with. I don't know, I don't have an assessment. I've 
never practiced before that judge. I would tell you that I felt that the prosecution attempted to hold his own in regards to the arguments that he was making to make a record, a proper record. And who knows, maybe they will appeal it. Some of the rulings that were made, maybe they won't. But, you know, it, it was unfortunate for, for a lot of people that that was the, the jury's verdict. And again, you know, whatever. It is what it is. I can't say that it was necessarily racist. I'm not going to use that term. I would just say that this is an unfortunate situation where if someone was in his shoes who did not look like him, more likely than not would not have the same outcome, right? And more likely than not would not receive the same sympathy that individuals receive in regards to that. I mean, it's not the necessarily the same, but let's just take into example, you got Tamir Rice, right? Here he is dead for having a toy gun where individuals who are officers who are trained, uh, allegedly trained to identify a threat and assess a threat didn't, I don't think properly assess that threat. They should have been able to identify whether or not the item he had was a gun or not. And the bottom line is he was a young child. And then on the heels of that particular verdict, we had the, the Armand Aubrey verdict where the three men were basically found guilty on all the charges and rightfully so right this particular case struck a chord because it identifies how the system works right not necessarily that the justice system works perfectly right but it shows you the ins and out you see that the individuals who were the defendants right they were not arrested immediately they were out and about and it took Ar armand aubrey's mom and kudos to her for a sticking through the hurt, the pain, the stress that it comes with losing a child, right? But putting that, that anger and that pain to work for the good to keep her son's memory alive. And she fought hard, she contacted folks, she went and, and, and raised all kind of sand to get people to realize and recognize the, the, the improprieties that occurred there from the moment that the police arrived on the scene to discuss what happened with the the defendants in this particular case it was as if they were you know basically running the show you used to the podcast earlier today where they were showing or or playing some of the audio from the actual crime scene where the police were coming and talking to the father in regards to the son and basically the father was like yeah i used to be one of y'all and once he said that it was almost like he was a one of the boys and that they were taken direction from him about how to investigate their case so it's you know when you when you have connections and you are able to maneuver those those connections good bad or indifferent sometimes it moves and shakes the justice system in the manner in which it's not supposed to be right but that's just the the system that we live in and operate under and you know as a lawyer i get you know i i have my moments of you know like this is a travesty upon justice. You know, I'm a firm believer that things happen for reasons and they will unfold the way that they need to unfold. So at least we have those three convictions. So we, we have that. So on to some good news. Good news is that Barbados, I think it was today, said goodbye to Queen Elizabeth II and said, look, we're going to be independent. And Queen Elizabeth II sent a communication to the first elected president. I think she's going to be considered a president. Congratulating her on that role, but also congratulating the people. Now, quick story. I actually met Queen Elizabeth II in 2007. It was for the 400 year anniversary of Jamestown, which is here in Virginia. 
And so what was going on is they had a private reception with Queen Elizabeth II and all of the student body presidents from the Virginia universities. And so we had a private reception with her. We were able to meet her. She came around, talked to each of us. And she was very nice. You know, that's all I can say. She was very nice. She was making jokes about how our universities are fairly young in comparison to those in England. And, you know, they were trying to teach us how to curse and all that. But I wasn't doing all that. I got time for that. But, you know, I... It, it, it was an exciting time to to meet her and shake her hand and talk to her and just see her and at that particular time there was a car for her and then there was a car for her royal hats and so they would put all her royal hats in the car and and drive them around so it was pretty cool i mean just the the fanfare related to meeting someone from the monarchy and given the fact that my university old Dominion university the uh, mascot is a monarch so it was pretty cool anyway so shout out and kudos to barbados for getting their independence and, and starting off their way as an independent country separate and apart from the queen the crown so yeah all right so i was listening to this podcast earlier dateline okay they don't need any more shout outs but i love listening to dateline um podcasts and watching the show but it was interesting because it was like one of the things in this particular podcast was or this particular episode was there was a murder right of a father who was estranged from his his ex-wife and the day after he was killed he was supposed to be going to a hearing to get custody to fight for custody for the children because the the mom wouldn't, you know, they were having difficulties and beefs and things of that nature. So I don't, I, I'm not going to tell you about the case, right? But what I thought was interesting is that they were doing interviews in regards to the fact that the two individuals who are now estranged, right? Or one of them is dead, of course, about how they met and the fact that the family members were saying that they were not, I guess, courting long enough. And, you know, the brother was basically saying, we don't do that. We take our time. But basically, they were saying that when she met the guy, you know, within two weeks, they were at the church together and things of that nature. And it just led me to to have a conversation with myself, basically, and now with you all about is there truly a real time limit of when you know someone and get to know someone, particularly if you're maybe trying to date or trying to even if you're not trying to date, but you're trying to become friends with them? Is there truly a time limit? And I, I don't know. I mean, I asked myself that. Do you have to give yourself time limit? What is the perfect time limit? Is there such thing as moving too fast and moving too slow? I mean, because the reality is, is that there are people who you can date for a long period of time, who you have known for a long period of time. But, you know, throughout that, those people turn out to be some of the most nasty people you date, like try their best to harm you and do things after the relationship falters and things of that nature. And so I don't know. Is there a time? limit appropriate time two months three months you know when is it appropriate time for you to move from the dating side right according to each other to in a relationship a committed relationship here in this particular episode they were talking about it was just moving too fast so they went from you know dating briefly and then all of a sudden they're in a committed relationship and i don't know i i, I feel like if people vibe you know mesh well Who's to say that you can't 
find someone who you connect with earlier than you would with dating someone who you should never connect with, but yet you spend time, energy, and effort on getting to know that person. And because you spend time, energy, and effort in getting to know that person, you feel obligated to then move forward with the relationship. But instead of focusing on, do we connect? Do we mesh? Are we appropriate for each other, right? So I don't know. I mean, I've, I've known people who've dated for only a short period of time and they're doing very well relationship lasting i've known people who dated for a long ass time and then a relationship and their relationship suck so is there a time i mean i don't know i think you know it's kind of hard having this conversation with yourself but hey i'm talking to you all right but I, I do think it matters in regards to, you know, how the person perceives what they're doing. What are your expectations of each other? But I don't know if there's really a time limit. Would you think that your friend is stupid if they got into a relationship with someone and only met them maybe a two, three weeks ago and they already like thinking about commitment? Is that too early? And I guess that depends on a multitude of factors right it depends on the the persons involved it depends on the maturity level of the people it depends on whether or not there's an expectation about where this relationship would go but i guess i come to the conclusion i'm not a firm believer that there is a set time limit i'm also not a firm believer that you necessarily have to give a person a certain amount of time to get to know them I think that if you are growing and you are getting to know each other with the intentions of ultimately getting into a committed relationship, that's a growth period and you should grow. And once you're in that relationship, you all should continue to grow because as you progress as individuals, so too should your relationship. And oftentimes I think most people get into relationships grow individually but do nothing to grow with the relationship and so that relationship is stuck to stagnant it's right there it's in the past right it's where it was blossoming in that moment and once it blossomed you left it well you know that's just like any kind of flower right if you you nurture your garden and then all of a sudden it, it blossoms up and it's pretty and then you see it as pretty and so then now that it's pretty you walk away you come back six months later those those shits gonna be withered away right and so i think it's the same concept of relationships too often we spend time on the front end trying to water our relationships and sprinkle them so that they can blossom but then at the end of the day we don't stay continuous we don't do continuity with that blossom and that watering because i think that a relationship constantly needs to be watered right and a relationship could be one that is intimate it could be friendships but it needs constant watering because we are complex individuals we're complex humans we're always going to be different than where we were when we first did something right we recognize something we see something we change and so yeah i don't know that's my perspective on it i could be stupid but that's really my perspective on um on you know whether or not people change or relationships and how long they should go all right but yeah they'd be interested to see what you all think all right moving on <laughs> got a little list of topics here because i haven't been here in a moment all right so i want to talk about two situations let me just start with one that i that happened not too long ago so i have a group of friends i i consider them friends now i don't um, i don't know how they really consider me but i consider them friends and you know went to visit and the last day i got into it with one of my friends now normally this friend and i we are at 
odds often when it comes to certain discussion topics, right? And I can I can admit I can be terse sometimes in my opinions. And sometimes I could be nonchalant in my responses because it's really to try to get a thrill out the other side, right? And I don't know, maybe I took this a little too personal or not, but we were having a discussion about COVID and, you know, all this mandatory vaccination things. And it was around people who I just met too, right? Now, this person knows everyone. I don't. I'm just coming in, right? And so he and I know each other, but I didn't really know the other people. And obviously, I had a position that was separate and apart from most of the other individuals in a room. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being on the outskirts, right? The outlier. But I guess one thing that irritated me was that you know, basically there was a discussion that because of what I do, essentially, I would in my role, my responsibilities, I would harm the black community more than he would and his soon to be profession. Right. And that just really bothered me because it's like, brah, you should know me. You shouldn't know my integrity. You should know that you know, how I think and operate when it comes to the culture. Now, I will say that simply because someone is black doesn't mean that you have to go above and beyond for them, right? I think every individual deserves to have an assessment about what they bring to you, what value they bring to you, but also what value you bring to them, right? And simply because you are in a profession that may appear to be adverse to that. So let's just say a lot of folks talk about black prosecutors, right? That, you know, oh, you, you're trying to bring the man down and you're harming the community. But I don't see it that way. First and foremost, people go to school. They work their ass off to become a lawyer, particularly I'm talking about my profession. I know that's clear for, you know, other professions. They work their ass off for that. They decide what they want to do and how they want to help or operate and move in that profession. Some like to be public defenders because they have a, a propensity to want to help other individuals. And their perspective is, is that I'm going to help prevent folks from going into the system. Some are prosecutors because they feel they had some traumatic event in their lives or they felt that because they're on that side, they can more likely than not assist right and preventing injustices because again prosecutions excuse me prosecutors have uh, a hell of amount of discretion about what to bring what charges to bring and how to bring them right and so i don't i i just take the position that because you're in a certain profession that doesn't necessarily mean that you're out to harm the culture the community that you are in right and i don't know it, it really bothered me because it was like bro you're trying to I, I felt like you were impugning my integrity right and you know one of the people there was like well you should apologize and he was like i'm not apologizing i'm i'm right and no you're not necessarily right right and so it's not about wanting a, an apology because i don't need that it's not about being the bigger person either because i don't need that either but it's about me like you should know me you should know my integrity and nothing you, you should never place me in a situation with particularly with people who i don't know right now if you felt this way about me about me have that fucking conversation with me not in a group of, of folks who i don't fucking know from left and right right but that happened and it just it it, it, it really bothered me and it, it made me realize that not everyone is going to 
I don't want to say have your back, but not everyone is going to think about the the relationship or the friendship when they're having like intimate or you know debates or intense debates and things of that nature. But yeah, it 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 it, it threw me for a loop. So I haven't really talked to a person since then, and I'm not sure I will because it's like you know. It's just certain things you just don't do with your friends. I, I, I wouldn't do that. And I I would expect that my friends would have enough respect for me to do the same thing, too. But it is what it is. And we will see what happens. On to another situation with a friend. So I went out with a group of friends. I met. I introduced one of my friends to one of my close friends. Right. And we all hanging out and we're out. We're drinking, blah, blah, blah. So me and the close friend, we go to the back because the close friend wanted to have a discussion with me about something. So we go, we talk and I've talked to him, you know, blah, blah, blah. Come back to the table. And then the one friend who was supposed to be my friend, right? Because I introduced him to the group. This bitch says, oh, well, y'all in there doing coke and serious, right? Like making allegations that I do cope and I'm like bruh <laughs> first of all what kind of leap of logic are you fucking making by making that comment hey secondly it's fucking defamatory to say that I'm in here doing coke I now for those individuals who's partaking in extracurricular activities of drugs that's your choice I don't and I've never given you anything, any fucking thing to make you believe that I actually would do a hard drug like Coke. Okay. Now, have I tried marijuana? Yes, I did that. Okay. Have I tried an edible? Yes, I did that. I love me some hookah. Okay. But drugs, I'm not going to do. Never did ecstasy. Never did crack. Never did cocaine. Never did mushrooms. Like, and no shade, no tea, no disrespect to those who partake in it and can manage it. I don't because of personal reasons and personal experience from being a child that I'm not going to do it. And it pisses me off that that person who's supposed to be my friend, who's been in my house, right? Who's been hanging out with me, would make that assessment or that statement that I'm doing coke. And still, even when the other friend tells him, bruh, like, Nah, we're not doing that. And by the way, he's pissed. Still, nothing. Not even, uh, you know, it was a lapse of judgment. My bad. Like, none of that. It's just a total fucking disregard. And so, like, that person is completely cut off from me right now at this moment. Because I'm like, bro, I don't even care about anything else. But don't make a statement like that about me and about my character because I take that shit very seriously and I was fucking pissed like I wanted to like punch him in the fucking throat but I couldn't do that because I'm wiser but yeah no fuck that mm -mm. you you don't get to make a leap of logic next thing you'll be said I'm out here doing fucking serial murdering nah mm -mm. not on my watch this is fucking 2021 for you this is COVID that's fucking everything up and making people to be delirious. But no, don't do drugs. Um, never will. Okay. Not my cup of tea. Okay. No judgment to those who do it. No judgment to those who can manage it. I don't do it. Now, it's different if you would ask me, but don't ask my fucking close friend. Well, you know, and then consistently push the issue or the envelope that someone is doing coke. 
Like, bruh. But you got me fucked up, bruh. All right. Now, moving on to the last topic. My dog wears diapers. And I don't know how I feel about it. So, I have a pug terrier who's been with me since 2007. His name is Pincher. So, I've had him for about 14 years. It's going to be going on 15 years. When I rescued him, he was maybe one or two. He's old. Okay. Now, why does he wear diapers? So, he wears diapers because he's in this stage where he gets super anxious when I leave the house. So, if I leave the house for a period of time, he would pee. And I just changed all my fucking floors in my house, right? But putting that aside, I also have been in people's houses that smell like animals and that ain't good, right? So I don't want people coming to my house thinking I'm nasty and my, my house is dirty, right? So I started, what I did was I, there's these little, because he's a male, they're the little doggy wraps, right? But I don't know how I feel about it. Like, you know, when I take him to the vet, you know, I always get good, like, feedback about him. And I just don't know what to do to kind of prevent that because it's like if i'm not here right i don't want to put him in a crate right i want him to be able to walk freely and do what he needs to do and exercise and get his little bones together but yeah it's in diapers that sucks so pincher good old dog all right so that's it that's all i really want to talk about that's episode 56 on one And that's just me talking about shit in 2021 that has either annoyed the fuck out of me or, you know, a few positive things like the Barbados things, the Thanksgiving. That was fun. Oh, and a time limit to meet someone, whatever. But yeah, that's it. So um, until next time, make sure that you continue to drink, listen, and converse. This is Pips Quick, the cafe. Boom. I think this is actually going to be the last episode for 2021. Unless something actually occurs and I really need to come on and talk on the mic. But that is a wrap for season four of Peeps Creek, the cafe. And so, yeah, let me finish this drink with you all into the new year. All right. So that is episode 56 on one. My name is Sean. Peace and love.